Hello and welcome to Switch It. That is the sound of a script being torn up. Yes, we're all set to sit down and make some jokes about Sri Lanka being bageled had it not been for the brizzle drizzle. Only for this morning's news that it is in fact England's biosecurity that currently has a hole in the middle. Seven COVID positives in the camp means everyone involved in the Sri Lanka series is now self-isolating with an entirely new squad led by the until recently injured Ben Stokes called up to face Pakistan in three ODIs starting on Thursday. ECB officials were left scrambling, but after providing reassurances to their PCB counterparts, the tour is set to go ahead. Joining me to help pick up the pieces are ESPN Crick Info's UK editor, Andrew Miller, and assistant editor, Matt Roller, both of whom can attest to the fact that the last few hours were quite a lot more dramatic than the ODIs they attended last week. Uh, <laughs> given, given this is um, an almost unprecedented situation, Miller, uh, is it fair to say the ECB seem to have done uh, quite well to keep the show on the road for now? I've done remarkably well. I mean, my <laughs> God! I mean, what what what, a, what an absolute reverse ferret! I mean, it was only a couple of days ago we were we were talking about Owen Morgan being reluctant to test his bench strength because he <laughs> wanted to make sure that uh, get your World Cup Super League points and all. Oh, we we got, we got to make sure these guys are are comfortable in the surroundings and you know good team players and we're good at carrying the drinks all the rest of it straight out the window hello david payne in you in you come from the gold hello danny briggs no 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 room for you ben St- uh, no uh, alex hales but uh, ben stokes drafted back in despite the fact you know everyone thought he'd get a little bit longer to test his injured digit and make sure he's he's back up to speed nope straight back in as skipper um yeah they've, they've manned the barricades stunningly well i mean obviously it depends on whether they can man the barricades enough to to actually get those world cup super league points uh, next week but <laughs> the fact the fact that we've gone 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 through the this the news cycle and emerged on the other side with a fully formed team that seems to be assembling ready to do battle in less than 48 hours um yeah fair play <laughs> it's it, it, they they pulled it together just about yeah, not only did we have that that news landing quite early this morning that um, yeah everyone in everyone in the squad and, and the management were uh, going into self isolation uh, and they would be replaced entirely within a few hours. Um, Matt, we, we've had you know confirmation that that, that Pakistan are happy to play on. Um, the game is now less than forty eight hours away, um, and it's just a case of uh, well redrawing um, the uh, the analysis pack for the for the PCB <laughs> Pakistan data uh, guys, presumably, um, and and cracking on. I mean, it's it's quite um, it's quite. A, contrast i suppose with how uh, events unfolded on england's tour of south africa during the winter and and perhaps a reflection of how we've all had to grow to to live uh, with uh, with covid and, and the various requirements of track and trace and all that sort of thing yeah i was going to make exactly that point i was just listening back to ashley giles's sort of hastily arranged zoom press conference um where he was asked about exactly that and sort of you know denied there was any comparison to be made between um England sort of well I think they actually left South Africa exactly as scheduled but didn't go near those ODIs that were uh penciled in for the start of December and yeah here we are where Pakistan are happily uh you know doing their doing their time in travel lodge in in Derby yet again uh and are, are plowing on and heading down to Cardiff for for the first ODI on Thursday so yeah um fair play to them I suppose with 30 points up for grabs they're probably uh thinking that they're they're Chances of automatic qualification for the 2023 World Cup are looking pretty good. And I reckon Babar Azam is uh, looking at a relatively threadbare England attack and thinking, yeah, I could probably cement myself as number one ranked ODI batter here for uh, for the foreseeable future if I, uh, you know, strum through 300s and as many innings. <laughs> yes, uh, and that... That all important World Cup Super League context is um, is there for us all to appreciate once again. Miller, there there has been. Um, I mean, Ashley Giles has spoken um, and emphasised the sort of change in um, in approach from last year. Really, um, obviously, England pulled off the the entire international calendar um, uh, home summer as planned be- through the uh, the sort of use of the of biosecure bubbles and uh, and the various protocols uh, put in place to ensure that touring teams could could arrive and play safely and all that sort of thing this time round uh, and you know we're obviously 12 months down the line we've 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 learned about 
bubble fatigue and, and, and um, the various demands on players uh, being taken away from home and family and all that sort of thing. The, 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 the word I mean, bubbles uh, is kind of, uh, they're out the window, so to speak. The, 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 the ECB talk about safe environment now, controlled sort of team environments. Um, but they are still, I mean, they are still uh, trying to prevent this sort of thing, even if, even if players are uh, allowed a bit more freedom than they, than they were previously. Yeah, they are. I mean, obviously, we've seen the, the crowds that we've been getting in in recent recent games, and the, and the, obviously the message from the government as well, with Boris Johnson making clear that Freedom Day on on the nineteenth of, of of July is is very much that off with the masks and out with all the protocols and all the rest of it. So clearly, you know, the the, the mood and the movement in this country is towards getting back to normal, and the ECB have gone with that to a degree, but equally. You know they they've got they've got to be mindful of of, of the of the sensibilities of, of visiting teams. I mean, there's so much that rests on the ECB's economy. So much of it rests on the goodwill of nations coming over here and carrying on playing to keep those coffers filling. I mean, Pakistan were one of the teams that that, that did the needful last year in very different circumstances. And yeah, it's good to see they're they're willing to come back. But yeah, to throw off all the shackles in in quite such a carefree manner. Is is making us have a little bit of a hostage fortune. We are going into the unknown a little bit with the, you know, the, it's quite clear that there there is a a third wave of of infections going on. The key thing, of course, is with the vaccination, um, the hospitalizations and deaths isn't isn't rising at the same rate. So, you know, we're still in a ser- serious situation here. There's no there's no getting away from it. And so the ECB have got to remain mindful of 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 the the bigger picture. But as you mentioned, the, that that bubble fatigue and the need to just breathe a little bit and, and accept that life has to somehow get back to normal at some stage is part of a contributory factor to this. And But but yeah, it, 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 is, it is fascinating. I've, I've been obviously watching the early exchanges of the Lions tour down in, down in South Africa played out in absolutely deathly empty stadiums and in, 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 in horribly isolating environments. I mean, that was basically us last year. It's very different. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a better place to be now. But we've just got to be careful that that it remains a better place, and 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 the, the speed with which they managed to keep this show on the road is a testament to the the fact that they're they're not there's not the nerves, there's not the panic, there's not the anxiety. Remember what happened when when Joffre Archer breached the bubble last year? All hell broke loose. Everyone was worried this would be the the end of the series, and <laughs> and they they kept a little bit then, uh, they kept a little bit now. But uh, yeah it's chalk and cheese in terms of, of how the, the, the bigger picture is being viewed uh, 12 months down the line. Yeah. And, uh, Giles talked a little bit about how the ECB's approach has been uh, sort of in line with society trying to open up more. Um, the uh, the much proclaimed Freedom Day uh, is is on the horizon, though it's been kicked back once. Um but we, you know, we do expect the the rules to be relaxed further for sort of the general population. That um, the players, Matt, are being vaccinated as well. I think um, all of uh, all of them involved in that Sri Lanka series uh, and the staff have had at least one jab. Um, so p- presumably, this is this has come at just about the worst point um, possible. <laughs> this breach. Yeah, it, well, that that's one of the interesting things, actually, is that uh, I suppose Giles said that there hasn't actually been a, a breach in protocols as such, which says that the protocols have that element of risk built into them, basically, which is, you know, we can't do what we did last summer and have this entirely biosecure uh, set of restrictions where you can't go out, you can't interact with society at all. There's been some families in and out of uh, the sort of team hotels, stuff like that. Um, and, and there is an element of risk built into the to the regulations that players have been following. And, you know, we've seen, I'm sure a lot of people will anecdotally, you know, listening to this will know people that have been pinged on track and trace in recent weeks. We've seen a lot of counties have been sort of almost decimated at times by various, you know, if a second team player gets pinged and suddenly seven first teamers are ruled out because they were at the ground on the same day or whatever. And that's where we are at the moment. And I think, yeah, the, you know, the regulations seem seem like they're going to change pretty soon to the extent that maybe if this happened halfway through the India test series in, uh, you know, six weeks time or whatever, uh, it, it would be possible for the the positive, uh, the COVID positive players and management to have been pulled out, but everyone else with two doses and being sort of young, fit, healthy athletes would have been able to plow on as normal. But instead, uh, we're in this position where, yeah, England are uh, very much dipping into the reserves and uh, testing out all the players that I suppose have been 
operating on the, the fringes of squads and bubbles or whatever for the past uh, 18 months and are probably finally going to get um, get chances in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we will come to some of those selections uh, shortly. That yeah, the, the expanded squads are coming in, coming in useful already. Um, yeah, in the sense that there is uh, the India Test series to come, Miller, as as Matt's touched on there. Um, clearly, that is a, is a, um, a lucrative series that the ECB will um, you know presumably move heaven and earth to to keep in the schedule. Um, and and by then the plan is that there will be sort of crowds at all these games. Um, in, in fact, the one of the ODIs, uh, the second ODI of Pakistan, is going to feature a full capacity crowd at Lords. Um, and and yet uh, England is sort of sending off players um, to or keeping them where they are rather uh, as things stand to to self isolate because of the protocols put in place. Um, I mean, it, it's a reflection of how important. Um, being seen to do the right thing and and to um, to keep um, keep everyone happy, the BCCI in particular here, but even Cricket Australia down the line, that um, that, that uh, measures are in place and that everyone is treating this seriously, uh, even if it's it leads to this slightly confusing situation where you have um, different rules for professional athletes that, uh, compared to those of us who, who just you know work ordinary nine to fives. Yeah, I mean, a bassy cats and dogs home is going to be overrun with the kittens that are being that are coming out of ECB at the moment. I mean, just just imagine the planners going on there. Just the, you know, last year the the the, the huge hundred million pound holes in in the ECB's coffers, mitigated by the fact that you've got an India series coming along and the prospect of full crowds again. And you know that that's that's the the real lucrative opportunity to to top up those those reserves and um yeah if they if they manage to if they, they drive a drive a coach and horses through that then 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 all hell will break loose it, they won't it, they're, they're going to make it happen they're going to make sure that uh that this series goes on because we've seen what the ecb can do uh when put under duress when you know the, the, they they can be a slow moving beast at the at the, at the worst of times but um put put their finances under pressure and they find a way to uh to to pull 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 everything together at the right moment and and come out the other side smelling of roses. So, you know, if, if it does mean, you know, veering away a touch from from the the, the Boris's idea of yeah, society takes responsibility for itself. Well, you know, this is the ECB society may have to take responsibility for itself in a slightly different fettle and uh, and reinstigate some bubbles just just to ensure they get over the line here. But but you know, it's it, it does feel as though. The vaccination program—I mentioned it once already—but it does feel as though that that's that has caused a a mood change that will hopefully be reassuring to to all and sundry. Um, as you know, you know, we've got a full house at Lords for the first time since the World Cup final. It's going to be going to be a remarkable scene, and it's it's what people want. We got you know we've got the Euros coming up this 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 week, and Wembley as well. You know, there there is a there's a joyous mood sweeping the nation for one 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 reason or another, and. Um, I suspect they'll find a way to, to to mitigate the risks going on here and, and ride the wave to a degree because it is what we want really is is normality getting back to normality and I think Giles mentioned in his in his press conference that ultimately they see COVID being treated as like the flu uh, further down the line people will get the flu and and they'll they'll feel unwell but they, you know you're not going to panic in the same way we have done uh, quite rightly for the past few years that that's 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 the aim. Um, whether we get there or not in one piece is, is still still to be determined. But uh, yeah, it, it's been lively times. Uh, well, um, and we obviously have got used to uh, existing in our own little bubbles as well. I've yet to check the pulse of the nation and see whether this is going to knock uh, Emma Raducanu and uh, <laughs> England's Euro heroes off uh, off the, the leading the, the headlines um, later today. Um, we'll, we'll come on to this this new. Um, 18 man squad plucked from the shires. Um, it, was, it was amusing, I thought, uh, amid the toing and froing uh, this morning as, as players being pulled out of county championship games, um, uh, that uh, a couple of blokes, a couple of old blokes on Twitter were thoroughly enjoying themselves. Um, James Anderson, fresh from <laughs> taking his thousandth first class wicket, and Stuart Broad uh, turning the banter up to 11 on the, the subject of possible one day recalls, Matt. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, they they were both absolutely prolific, weren't they? And I saw um, <laughs> old Ravi Bapara was posting yeah. gifts of him waiting for his phone to ring and everything as well. Yeah, it was quite remarkable, really. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think it's I, I, I'm quite looking forward to seeing the squad play, to be honest. I think there's certainly adds an element of intrigue uh, to the series that was possibly missing after seeing, you know, a, a pretty, pretty dull, as we'll come on to, um, tour from Sri Lanka, where England just sort of clinically, ruthlessly rolled them and uh, without really breaking sweat. Whereas now we suddenly have uh, the intrigue of, you know, nine uncapped players in a squad, which is remarkable, really. Um, and a lot of guys that, you know, I've been watching at least in 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 the blast and in the championship, um, not so much the one day cup because it's not happened for two years. Um, but you know, in County cricket over the past couple of years and finally being thrown in at the deep end together. So yeah, in terms of people like Phil Salt, I think has been quite close to an England cap for, uh, the best part of two years without ever really being, uh, you know, threatening to break into a first choice team. Then people like Bryden cars. I know Miller's watched him in a couple of championship games and been quite impressed with his sort of wheels. Um, and you know a chance to see people like Zach Crawley and Dan Lawrence potentially in in um, in the sort of light blue one day kit rather than the in the white, which I think uh, is something to look forward to. Matt Parkinson's finally been freed uh, and should you'd hope <laughs> actually get on the pitch for once, having been named in a squad. Uh, Saki Mahmood's been around the squad for eighteen months without having that many chances, and you know you imagine should get some, and then. Yeah, the nice tales of a few county journeymen and in David Payne, John Simpson, and to a lesser extent Danny Briggs, um, getting back in amongst it after you know uh, I think Payne and Simpson were both in sort of under nineteen squads and have been absent ever since. And Briggs played his last game in I think twenty fourteen. He might have played in the in the T twenties. Um, so yeah, it's a it, it's a hell of a squad. And I it, you know I was sort of looking through and trying to work out what kind of team they're going to pick. And there's obviously there's 18, there's a lot of options. They they could get really funky with it. Um, so yeah, bring it on, really. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm suddenly <laughs> suddenly quite excited by the SADI series in a way that I probably wasn't when I was, you know, facing the prospect of, you know, Tom Curran banging it in back of a length in the middle overs <laughs> for the fourth game in a row. Maybe this is this is all a marketing ploy. Um, it's, uh, yeah, certainly uh, there's a touch of kind of Texaco trophy, uh, the romance of... <laughs> unheralded uh, county players being plucked out for a uh, for an international um, baptism miller um yeah as matt mentions nine players uncapped in odis i think six of them have no international experience whatsoever um all but two recently involved in in extended squads and training groups uh, that's that's david payne and john simpson um yeah, I mean, uh, have you have you attempted to piece together an eleven yet, like Matt has? And uh, we should all compare notes if so. But uh, who who are you looking forward to seeing? Well, I mean, I I I, I actually want to see D- D- Danny Briggs play simply because you know I, I remember getting wildly overexcited when Joe Denley got his recall after an eight year absence. And I mean, Matt's quite right; he played in twenty fourteen, but his last ODI was twenty twelve. I mean, that's incredible. It's nine years if he plays in in this series. It'll be a nine year gap since. 2012, when he played alongside Jane Dur- Jade Durnbach and and Stephen Finn and you know Kevin Peterson scored a century out, out, this was out, in the uh, UAE, UAE. Yeah. out in the UAE absolutely incredible Josh, and, Josh um, Butler's debut series was that yeah I mean it's just it's just it's absolutely it's absolutely prehistoric the they've dredged him out and and another guy actually I mean David Payne I I, I watched him down at um. Uh, Middlesex uh, for Gloucestershire when they when they won it in the county championship um, earlier this summer and um, he bowled superbly, I mean, absolutely outstanding. I mean, he, he, there he is. He's a he's, you know, thirty thirty year old journeyman. He's, he's he's never really threatened to break into into the senior team despite his his, his youth team dabblings. But uh, the way he controlled that red ball, I mean obviously the white ball coming up, but you know he had the ball on a string for eleven wickets, uh, perfectly pitched in swingers, ball off the ball. Line and length, taking the off stump out every time. It was it was an absolute masterclass in both innings. And again, you know, the the, the other thing to note about that was it was in front of the sky cameras. It, admittedly, they were borrowing the uh, the live stream from Middlesex, but uh, he rose to the occasion just as he rose to the occasion in the twenty fifteen um, Royal London Cup final when he bowled the decisive over to for Gloucestershire's victory in that. So you know, he, he's clearly a guy who who thrives when when people are watching him, which is uh, which is never a bad thing to have. And and as we saw with the uh, uh, with the recent series against Sri Lanka, I think it was um, fourteen wickets for left armers 
in the uh, in the ODIs and a further eight in the T20s. So 22 all told between uh, between the left armers there. And George Garton didn't even get a look in with with um, Willie and Curran leaving the line. So you know he may not be a first choice, but clearly left arm is an angle that that England value. And uh, perhaps we'll get a chance to show what he can do. I mean, they've got Tamar Mills potentially coming in for the T20s and, uh, you know, Garten will get his opportunity one day when he gets out of isolation. So <laughs> it's, not as, it's not as if he's front of the queue for, for future honours. But, um, you know, if it's a method, method of attack that England value, um, why not give him a go? Yeah, we uh, we obviously uh, mentioned kind of the grumbling around England not testing their bench strength. Um against Sri Lanka I suppose felt most sorry for Tom Banton who was added to the squad on um, Thursday or Friday or whenever it was um, last week and uh, got to uh, run around at warm-ups for the uh, for the final ODI as cover for David Milan David Milan is back in the ODI squad now for to face Pakistan uh, um, the way the uh, swings and roundabouts have gone Um, there is no Alex Hales, uh, Matt, um, which perhaps we shouldn't be surprised about. It, it, it sounds like he wasn't even considered. Um, but no Sam Hain either, um, possessor of, as you wrote earlier, the, uh, the, <laughs> the highest uh, list day average of all time. Yeah, there's, well, there's a bit to unpack there. I mean, firstly, <laughs> poor old poor old Banton in the first place. I've spoken to him a few times this year, actually, once um, via Zoom for a sort of 100 promotional event where he seemed completely miserable, basically. <laughs> You know, he had this. He, he had not a great summer last year with England, um, and sort of in in all the bubbles, so he wasn't playing much county cricket. Then over the winter, he went to South Africa with the squad that obviously ended up isolating towards the end of that tour. Pulled out of the Big Bash while on that tour because he was fed up with hotel rooms. Uh, then he did the T10 where he went fine. Then went to Pakistan for the PSL. Got COVID. Spent 14 days isolating in his hotel room in Pakistan. 14 days isolating at home in the UK, played some championship games, opened the batting, did terribly, got dropped. Uh, and then, you know, just as he started to find some form in in the blast, uh, you know, I spoke to him after one of those blast games and he was actually pretty emotional about it. And uh, that was just before he got the 100 against Kent um, after the Hampshire game where he got 70 off 30 or something like that. Um, and he was pretty emotional about it, saying, you know, so good to finally be back playing in front of a home crowd at the club I care so much about after all this time away. And then, yeah, <laughs> dragged into the squad, carries drinks for one game, wearing the high-vis, misses the blast games. He probably would have quite liked to carry on that form in. And, uh, yeah, now into self-isolation. So uh, not not the best year <laughs> or so of uh, Tom Banton's life, I would imagine. Um, but, you know, plenty plenty more good stuff to come. Uh, and then, yeah, in terms of those others, uh, Hayne, I think he's, he's it's probably pretty rough that he didn't get selected. He was part of the, the 24-man squad um, at the start of last summer that was due to play Ireland. Um, and it's been on lots of Lions tours, spin camps, all that sort of thing. So there, there are clearly people at the ECB who rate him. And, and also, I think significantly, he's actually uh, you know changed his T20 game quite a lot in the past couple of years. We had a good feature by... Um, Cam Ponsonby on site a couple of weeks ago that was talking about how the fact he'd been snubbed in the, the initial draft for the 100 had made him sort of reassess things and decided to play a lot more shots a lot more early on uh, and his, you know, his average has still been very good in T20 but his strike rate's gone from 120 odd to 140 odd so um, he's clearly made a lot of improvements in his game as he sees it but England seemingly think differently I suppose the fact that Milan is available they're probably competing for a similar sort of number three, four role uh, as the sort of uh, the anchor or the glue. But um, yeah, I think he's pretty hard done by. Uh, and then, yeah, Hales, it, 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 there was a moment where you thought, well, this is the perfect opportunity. It, who cares about trust issues if the, the people that are meant to be trusting you or not trusting you aren't even there to trust you? Um, this is the perfect time to get it done. And then I think within about half an hour, it probably dawned on everyone that actually there's there's no chance they're going to do this. Um because it, I, I just I think that's probably him done. I don't know if the two of you agree, but the sense I get is, you know, there was a point last summer where I thought, is it now or never with that 55-man training mm. squad? He missed out on that. Then there's been hints over the winter where, uh, you know, maybe he'll come back, maybe he'll go to the Nets at Trent Bridge before a series or something like this. And I, I don't know, the, 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 the instinct I have is that Hales' England career is done. I think it's probably a shame, but, um, you know, it's very difficult without knowing the full details of what's happened with him and the England camp in the past couple of years to, um, 
to to say for sure whether or not it's the right or wrong thing. I I you know I would have liked there to have been some level of rehabilitation, but um it, you know there's clearly clearly something going on that means they feel it's completely untenable. And if they had got him uh, in for for his reintegration, he might have been caught up in all this anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> Miller, um, end of the road for Alex Hales. I mean, there are. Uh, lots of other options for England in that position, as we've discussed on many occasions. Um, looks like James Vince might even get a, 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 another crack in this side. Yeah, well, I, I think I think it does feel like it must be the end of the road. But again, if there, if there are trust issues, then I guess if none of the players w- with whom you have the trust issues are in the dressing room, the last thing you want to do is test those trust issues on a team that's that he doesn't trust. So, you know, <laughs> you don't you don't want you don't you don't want him to suddenly prove that he's untrustworthy and corrupt uh, seventeen other <laughs> England players without without uh, own Morgan being able to loom over the shoulder and, and, <laughs> and tell him to get on his bike, do they? So, oh, I don't know. It's tough, isn't it? Clearly, you know, Morgan has has a hold. Over the squad that uh, that 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 isn't going to budge in a hurry, but you never know. I mean, Josh Butler is a, is is his own man, and um, I'm fairly sure that Hales was 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 an usher or best man at his wedding, wasn't he? So as and when the handover happens, um, there will be there will be potential for for rapprochement down the line. But I mean, he's been in such incredible form in the last few years. You do you do feel that that yeah, if he can't get a break now, um, surely uh, that that ship has sailed. Um, we, we've got some breaking news here of the uh, the, the management, uh, the staff that have been sort of called in at the last minute here. Chris Silverwood, uh, um, I should say, has has um, opted to return from his uh, leave, his summer leave. Uh, obviously left the team in the hands of Graham Thorpe and, and Paul Collingwood and, and now they're stuck in hotels. Um, so uh, Silvers is back and uh, Anthony McGrath, his old mate from Essex, uh, has been called up as an assistant uh, coach Alan Richardson's in there. Jonathan Trott, uh, I think we we possibly knew about Jeetan Patel uh, as well. Um, and uh, Miller Ben Stokes is is going to captain uh, for the first time in limited overs internationals. Yeah, what what what, what a guy! <laughs> throw throw the ball, throw the ball. That, that's kind of handy. <laughs> he'll save the day, won't he? I mean, it, it, it's a remarkable little story, isn't it? There there he was trying to trying to trying to just ease him, ease his way back into into form and fitness, and now suddenly the, the hopes of the nation are back on his shoulders, and he's got to carry the burden once more. Um, it's a, it's a lovely little tale, and it you know it's certainly it'll certainly something that will resonate because you know apart from anything else, England do need to have you know it's all very well having the bench strength and the opportunity to test that bench strength and I think as a it is a great opportunity because you know it's a, England's white ball team is a bit like uh, Australia's in the late 1990s there are so many outstanding players who would walk into any other side of the world who were just going to end up with one two zero caps by by the end of their careers and wonder what might have been um but yeah Hales is uh, sorry Hales, Hales. Stokes is a is is an absolute gun. That's don't that think he'll will... be getting the captaincy anytime soon. No, not in a hurry. But no, Stokes is an absolute gun, and and it will it will give give this series a nice focal point. Um, the the narrative of Ben Stokes leading his his bunch of rookies out there will 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 cut cut through some of some but not all of the Euro twenty twenty glory. I'm sure. Yeah, it was it was barely twenty four hours since I was writing up some quotes from Owen Morgan about how Hales, uh, how Hales, I've done the same thing. How Stokes <laughs> needed to um to ease his way back into county cricket, and it, it you know it wouldn't be the right thing for him to be at the intensity of international cricket just yet. Um, all this sort of thing, and it, there I was thinking that um you know Stokes and Butler were going to play all of one limited overs international between them this summer and yeah here we are and it looks like Stokes is the the man swooping in to save the day going to have to play all six of these games against Pakistan in all likelihood you know it could be that depending on what happens with the T20 squad and whether or not these uh, one day boys can return for that it could be the opportunity for him to be tried as an opener in the T20 side there's all sorts up for grabs really so um but yeah, I, I imagine it's going to be quite non-stop for Stokes from here because he'll play all those six games against Pakistan straight into the, you know, couple of couple of games in the hundred straight into the India series, straight into the T Twenty World Cup after the tours of Bangladesh and Pakistan just before that, straight into the Ashes, and you know if he comes out of that with, you know, half a knee intact, let alone two of them, then fair play to him. <laughs> uh, Stokes and Hales have, of course, been mixed up together before, and that didn't go. <laughs> 
too well for England. Uh, their fortunes have diverged somewhat since. Um, Matt, what's your uh, what's your tentative eleven for this? As you've mentioned, uh, I'll give oh, Miller a, another two minutes to, to pull together his. So, so my guess is um, that Vince will play because I think Morgan's mentioned him quite a lot over the winter and clearly quite impressed with how he did in the Big Bash. I think it'll be one of Crawley and Soul opening with him. Uh, Milan at three. Uh, Duckett at four, Stokes five, one of Jacks or Lawrence at six as a sort of spin all rounder. Uh, Lewis Gregory balancing it at seven. Uh, the seamers, I think, will be Cars, Mahmood, and either Craig Overton or Ball, and then Parkinson as the frontline spinner. Um, so I think that basically, I think they'll probably go with the balance where they have five options, uh, sort of frontline options plus. Stokes plus a part-time spinner rather than risking Stokes plus part-time spin um, as the fifth option but um, you know it wouldn't be wouldn't be that unusual for them to go I suppose they've for a long time it's been Stokes and Mo and Ali sort of sharing mm. those fifth bowlers overs so it wouldn't be impossible for them to squeeze another another batter in um, you know Will Jacks as a sort of free number seven or something like that but uh, yeah, it, and you're it's, um, you're, uh, you're giving you're giving the gloves there to to Duckett, are you? Yeah, who I, hasn't I, hasn't kept in a fifty over game since 2017. <laughs> yeah, but none of these guys play fifty over cricket anymore. It's the crazy thing, right? You know, um, I don't think anyone has, there hasn't been a domestic fifty over game in in England since uh, before the World Cup. I want to say the Royal London Cup final mm-hmm. would have been uh what may or maybe even early june 2019 at a push so it that you know no one is playing yeah, domestic yeah. Over i cricket, was there so. i can't somerset won it i think that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um but yeah i think i think duck it'll keep because um salt salt has kept for sussex in the blast but they weren't risking him for their championship game this week because he's got a broken finger mm. um and said that it didn't make sense with workloads for him to be playing uh, much, much, even county championship cricket. So goodness knows how he would go with the gloves and a fifty-over international. And I think they'll probably opt to go duck it with the gloves rather than Simpson because Simpson's been actually in some pretty horrible form with the bat in the blast, <laughs> um, which is one of those things that I suppose probably wasn't really factored in until they, you know, my God, we need a spare <laughs> wicketkeeper in this squad at the last minute. But um, yeah, so I think duck it will keep, but it's a guess really. Miller, no, no, James Bracey. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I, that was something that leapt out at me when, when, when um, the squad was announced. It's like you know, Simpson Lords keeping in a Test match against New Zealand probably would have made more sense given that it was a kind of an emergency situation with folks keeling over shortly before the the series began. You, you, you look for a decent keeper who knows what he's doing, uh, knows how to deal with the slope, etc. Poor Bracey, though, he's you know there he was in the bubble all, all year long has an absolute shocker against New Zealand. And on yes, on the one hand, this would have been a glorious opportunity just to throw him straight back in. No great expectation. He's sort of hidden among 18 other um, slightly wide-eyed new caps, so to speak. Um, but you do sense that he was both so badly burnt with that um, that experience that it'll take a little bit longer yet for him to him to get another go. But yeah, I mean, just going back to the, the, the 11, I, I broadly agree with the take there. You certainly look down that list that uh, there are one or two guys, Simpson, one of them, Payne, as mentioned. I'd love to see him play, but I think it's unlikely. Um, Briggs, likewise. One or two do seem to be there warming the bench. I'd like to see Will Jacks, though. I, I think Will, Will Jacks, uh, some of the... Some of the some of the shots he's been blowing for Surrey in recent times. Uh, you know, he's another, another, another coming man who, who looks as though, you know, exactly as I was mentioning earlier. With the, there's such white ball strength on the bench there that uh, if you don't get to look at it, you, you're going to miss it. And um, he's he's one of those guys, and he's bowls spin as well, so he'd be option to balance things. Um, Tom Helm, I, he may get a look in at some stage, but uh, yeah, I, I suspect uh, ball is uh, ball and Mahmood are the likely go to his ball because he's got experience at this level and the mood because I think, you know, this is a real opportunity for him. Probably probably of the of this squad among the bowlers, he's the one guy who I think has got a real opportunity to make a make a sort of a more permanent case for inclusion further down the line. He's he he he's he's got proper wheels and, and technique and all the rest of it when he when when he's in form, I think he's an absolute glorious bowler. So and uh you know, we we all we all watched the, the the highlights of that five for he took in the Roses game recently. It was a, a 
admittedly, again, going mixing up red ball and white ball, but the you know class is class, isn't it? So he's he's a guy who uh, who I hope will will take this opportunity and run with it. And um, yeah, good luck to them all because it's it's, it's extraordinary circumstances. And Mahmood, Mahmood also has quite a good um, recent record against some of these players because he was the leading wicket taker in the PSL before that got kiboshed by COVID halfway through in in March. So yeah, I think he's. A guy they'll you know maybe be slightly familiar with, but I think he's yeah he's he's got the wood on a few of these guys. So fingers crossed he can keep that going and sort of build a good case for himself uh, heading into the rest of the the rest of the year. Uh, yes, well we we do often talk about England's strength and depth. We are going to see that tested out to the full uh, over the next week or so, and and then we will wait and see as to whether the players that would normally be involved in the T20 squad are are able to uh, come back once they've completed their isolation. Um, we uh, uh, Shall we talk about the Sri Lanka ODIs? I, I guess we should talk about the <laughs> Sri Lanka ODIs, um, as if being held at the same time as Wimbledon and the Euros wasn't a dampener enough. Um, England uh, England took their 25 uh, World Cup Super League points, um, now sit clear at the top of the table. They've played more games than anyone else. Um, Matt, you, you were uh, out there uh, in Bristol uh, on uh, Sunday uh, in, in the rain for most part of it. What, what, what did you learn? Oh, God, it was a pretty <laughs> miserable day, wasn't it? I learned never to trust GWR on Sundays because... <laughs> I, I managed to turn up much later than planned. Some of it was self-inflicted, but it, I, it, honestly, it was not a particularly uh, thrilling day. I'll be honest. There are there are some days you sort of look forward to as in this job, as sort of you build up for a few weeks and you think, God, I can't wait to be at the ground for this one. And I think, to be honest, the the third ODI against Sri Lanka at Bristol on a Sunday, especially uh, the morning after a, a Euro twenty twenty quarter final, uh, probably wasn't the top of the list. Um, but you know. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I, you know, it was some cricket. It happened. Tom Curran took some wickets. Um, some cricket that, happened. Yes, <laughs> suggested that um, it, it, it was actually quite bizarre. Really, so someone in the press conference afterwards said, um, "You know, Tom, you haven't." taken very many wickets recently did you feel as though you had to seize this opportunity and he said well you guys will say I haven't been taking any wickets but I've actually felt like I've been bowling well and everyone sort of thought to themselves no no, no it's not us saying that you haven't taken any wickets Tom you haven't been taking any wickets um but yeah the I don't know I don't, don't lie. <laughs> I don't think England learned anything from that ODI series but I don't think they were ever really going to against a side that was uh so poor and so depleted um and yeah I think that the, the Super League much as um, it's probably not sort of caught the imagination just yet. I don't think it was ever really meant to for England. I think it was something that, ha- you know, has to be ticked off a bit like a, a World Cup qualifier and in, in, uh, football, for example. You know, you don't necessarily look, look at a qualifying group with Switzerland and Estonia or whoever it might be in it and think um, this has to seize the imagination of the nation. It just has to be, you know, a few boxes have to be ticked and you have to get to the tournament. And I think that's how England are seeing the the Super League, um, for better or for worse, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would have loved them to be a bit more imaginative uh, with some of their selections, and you know, it would have been great if they batted first. But equally, I completely understand why, with these guys having missed so much cricket, being you know, <laughs> paid pretty handsomely on central contracts and stuff like that, why, why they're not suddenly. Uh, told you know, sorry, Johnny or whoever, you know, when we rested you for India, so you'd be fit for all the white ball games later this year. Actually, we're going to drop you for the last game and make you sit in the high vis so that Tommy B can have a go. I, I completely understand why they wouldn't do that. Um, so yeah, I think it was a series that will be forgotten very quickly, and um, I, you know, I don't necessarily think that's a terrible thing. Uh, presumably the rain meant that you were able to get back in time to check on the progress of England physical disability cricketer Hugo Hammond <laughs> in Love Island. Yeah, he's uh, still in. He's still in. <laughs> thank, thanks for that important update. Um, Miller, you, you were keen to see uh, some, some fresh meat on the table. Uh, it, well, in the decider, I guess also at the Oval where you were uh, for the for that second ODI. Um, of course, England, uh, kind of, you can only beat what's put in front of you. Um, in this case, that was a, a Sri Lanka team missing three of their senior batters after uh, Kushal Mendes, Nourishan, Dick Weller and Danushka Gunatilaka were sent home for their unsanctioned sightseeing tour of historic Durham, uh, which seems a bit less of an issue now, come to think of it. 
Well, it does really, isn't it? I mean, but but it just goes to show. I mean, you know, you lose Sri Lanka lose three batsmen, and basically that's the end of any jeopardy in the series. Their their bench strength was woeful, and you know, I I, I wish them all the best, but they are in an absolutely chronic state at the moment, and. Uh, England are not. Uh, I don't mean that as a Yabu sucks, but it's just a fact that England can afford to lose an entire squad and still put out a team that I suspect will be very competitive. Um, Sri Lanka are not in that situation. Sri Lanka were an absolute basket case in this series, and it was it was thoroughly depressing to watch, to be honest. I mean, I I I I, I sort of led with it in the piece I wrote at the Oval, but literally when Owen Morgan tossed the coin, won the toss, and then didn't bat. The crowd next to me booed. They were like, oh, God. They just, they just wanted to watch England go hell for leather and put 400-plus on the board. That, 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 was what, that was what would have given the series some something to chew on. And literally, they would have been chewing on Sri Lanka bowled, bowled out for God knows how, how, <laughs> how few in the second innings chasing that sort of target. But uh, it didn't happen, and it didn't matter because England did the needful. It was it, it happened. It, it it was a series. It went. It's twenty five points. But um, but that, I mean, fundamentally, it reiterates the chronic state of world cricket. In uh, you know, I, I I've been writing about it separately, but uh, the 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 hundred is coming up, and this series in some ways was a was a was an absolute um explainer as to why the hundred is necessary. England need to have control of their own destiny when it comes to comes to their summer because if they if they're relying on teams as poor as Sri Lanka uh to fill their coffers and compete with events like Euro twenty twenty, Wimbledon and the Tour de France, <laughs> it's not gonna happen, is it? They they it, it it was you know, and that that's even leaving aside the, the the existential issues we had last year whereby is anyone going to come at all because there's a pandemic kicking off. Um England's reliance on international travel to come and support their their system the english game is is something that the ecb have have been flirting with for many years and finally they're taking the plunge in in the form of the 100 to try and create you know the the the, the self-contained um pocket of of cricket that that, that they need to to be self-contained um so that that i suppose is the one big lesson that um you know if you've got the height of the summer, particularly a miserable damp summer like this, and you're you're, you're trying to, you're trying to be heard over the noise that is the, the delayed Euros and 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 plucky Brits pumping it all over the place at Wimbledon, then um, it's it struggle. We had we had similar in 2012 as well. You know, you know, England's England were competing with the Olympics, and you know they, they had a much better side then. They they were up against uh, Kevin Peterson in his prime, Tonky against against South Africa but nobody cared no one was paying attention it was you know it's, it's all too easy to to get overshadowed um as, as the summer sport at times and so mm. uh, yeah England have got to try and got to try and cut above the noise sometimes and, and they weren't going to cut above it in this series because it was just too much of a, of a turkey shoot <laughs> uh, well I can tell you the crowd were pretty pleased when England won the toss and chose the bowl at Chesler Street because they were hoping it would all get done in time uh, <laughs> For, for the England game, uh, the England-Germany game, uh, which was starting at 5pm that afternoon. Um, it, that didn't quite happen either, uh, Matt, but the, the series might have gone a, a little bit differently if in that game, in England's chase, um, Kushal Pereira had caught Moeen Ali first ball um, and England would have been 80 for five chasing, uh, chasing one, 170 or whatever it was. That's a fair point, actually. I think um, you, you probably saw the throughout that series why Joe Root is is so good and um, the extent to which he's underrated as an ODI batter. I, I, you know, obviously people think highly of him, but I don't think he's ever talked of in the same breath as Besto, Roy, Morgan, Butler, whoever. Um, but actually, the fact that he can average what he does fifty one or something like that, I think after that series and score as consistently quickly as he does without. Um, taking, you know, almost any risks is is remarkable. So I expect he probably would still have um, got them home. I thought, to be honest, you mentioned Kusar there. I think his captaincy, obviously, you feel a bit sorry for him. I think at the t- one of the tosses, Rob Key said to him, you know, what's it been like opening, keeping and captaining a side with all these off-field issues? And he just sort of sighed and said, tough. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, there were a few times where I thought he did really, um, you know, miss the moment. I thought that game at the Oval... There was a point when Morgan had just come in um, and it was looking pretty sketchy at the start of that innings. He found a bit of form as it went on, but where if, if he'd actually posted an attacking field and 
thought, well, the only way we're going to win this game is by bowling England out and decided to attack and, uh, you know, sort of decided to just bowl out his best bowlers rather than saving them for, a, a, a you know, a death phase that was just never going to happen because England were always going to chase that with overs to spare. I thought maybe he could have actually put a bit of a squeeze on, put some kind of pressure on, but instead he just, I, I think he, you know, almost autopiloted a lot of it, just trying to make sure that they, you know, got through the overs and everything and, and didn't, didn't, um, you know, no one's trousers fell down. It, it was a bit, um, yeah, I don't know. I did feel, I did feel sorry for him, but also there, there was a point definitely during that game at the Oval where I thought, come on, you know, attack man, there's no, there's no chance you win this by keeping England to below four and over. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That, well, they, they had um, recovered from 21 for four, I guess. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> By that point, they were happy with perhaps with whatever they were going to get from the game. Um, yeah, Milo, a, a word on route there, as Matt's mentioned, uh, unbeaten scores of 79 and 68. Um, he became the joint third fastest man to 6,000 ODI runs. So, I mean, it, 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 whether he's mentioned in the same bracket as some of his own teammates, he's he's actually up there with the likes of Virat Kohli, Hashim Amler and Sir Viv Richards, who I think is the other man uh, at, at third on that list. Isn't he just? And, 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 and you know, Sri Lanka must be sick of the sight of him because you know, that, that, that doesn't even include his, his monster innings in the Test Series at Gaul yeah. earlier this year as well. So, you know, I mean, he's, he's, just, he's just a... He calibrates every innings in a way that no one else in that side can. He's, he, you know, he and Kane Williamson are talked of in the same breath a, a lot of the time, obviously. And, and like, like Williamson, he's just got an ability to, to measure the, 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 the necessary tempo for any given innings and, and, and just chug along exactly what's needed, let the guys around him play the shots if necessary, but as long as he's there, you're in control. And and that's exactly what, what it proved. And England England just eased across the line into two potentially jeopardy moments. I mean, you know, to be to be fair, I mean we'll be very dismissive of, of Sri Lanka, but uh, they're bowlers. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the bowlers. The Dishman Chamira was was tremendous. Hasaranga, we we know he's 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 got he's got he's got some star quality about him and proved it with the bat as well. So you know they've they've still got the talent. They've still got the raw talent and the and the ability to to come again. But um administratively and, and all the rest of it uh, they're in a terrible state at the moment. So I just hope they can look after the, the the gems that they do have because you know that that's the one the one thing about Sri Lanka the 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 joy the joyous cricket that they've they, that they've had over the years certainly since winning the World Cup has has sort of helped to keep 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 the keep the talent coming and um, you know I guess you need to you need to have some some idols and some successes to help uh, help propagate that and um, you know those two in particular are, are their best are their best bets as 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 leaders of that attack and you know if they get the, the, Andrew Matthews and the likes back in due course, then who knows, they could come again. But it's a threat for the moment, though. I mean, you know, we started talking about the World Cup qualifying. I mean, they're, 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 in, a, they're in a shocking state. I think they managed to leapfrog South Africa into the 11th spot, but only because they've played about three times as many series. And so, uh, you know, South Africa will get up and running before long. Um, Sri Lanka, on this evidence, don't look like they're going to be uh, doing anything other than playing off against... Uh, uh, the rookies and the minnows and and, and all the mm. other other sides who are going to have an awful lot to say uh, come come that World Cup qualifying. Uh, it, it, you know we had West Indies battling for it um, uh, uh, whenever it was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? They 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 yes, squeaked through and bull away. 2018, 19 when uh, yeah. That's right, and um, so they you know the rain the, the, saving them from Scottish. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so we've we've been there already with we you know with with World Cup winning sides um, up against it in 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 the race for qualification. So you know you can, you can sniff at the um, at, at the World Cup Super League and and suggest that in this instance it's actually been counterproductive because it stopped England from experimenting and and trying to provide a an opportunity in a dead rubber because they don't exist anymore. But at the same time, when it comes to the sharp end of these these qualifying events, uh, then then you get the pay dirt, don't you? And um, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll get a good tussle um, in the in the run into twenty twenty three. Yeah, um, about the only thing um, or person this is good for is our uh, Sri Lankan colleague Andrew Fidel Fernando, who's got reams of material um, to keep him going. <laughs> uh, uh, Matt, I, I mean, I, I've got down here that. Um, 
Pakistan are likely to offer a sterner challenge. I mean, not least because, as we've discussed, it's an entirely different <laughs> team that's going to take them on. But, uh, but Pakistan are, um, are ranked sixth in the world. Uh, they've won their last three ODI series, uh, which includes winning in South Africa. You, you've mentioned Babar Azam, there's, there's Fakhar Zaman, there's Shane Shah Afridi. Um, this will be a, a, a step up in terms of the quality of the opposition, um, even if they're... Preparation, let's say, hasn't been ideal with the PSL uh, being rescheduled uh, and then having to come over here and, and do their managed isolation um, while it rains in Derby. Yeah, I saw the quotes, I think, was it from Wakar Yunus saying that, you know, preparation wasn't great going from the heat of the UAE to the sort of the Derby drizzle or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't think it's so bad if you consider that most of the England squad are, you know, coming in cold at 48 hours notice, having... <laughs> <laughs> you know, some some of these guys it's looking a lot have, better for them now. <laughs> yeah, well, some some of these guys have you know been playing a, a block of T Twenty games, then had two days of a Championship game, and then are suddenly playing fifty <laughs> over cricket for the first time in a number of years. So it's like it's like um, the Sunday League all over again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe this is the you know it, it, I suppose it's sort of the halfway format, isn't it, between the two? So maybe maybe they're all going to be absolutely in perfect form. But yeah, I think I think Pakistan will be will be eyeing up this England squad and thinking you know this is a great chance of a three 0 win. Um, I don't think they necessarily will win three 0 I think England might pinch a game. I think it could, you know, could easily see it being two one either way in the series. But you know, I, I think um, comparatively, you're looking through this, and I think as as Babar, for example, or Mohammad Rizwan, who's been in great form in, in T Twenty cricket in particular, you're looking through that and thinking this is an opportunity to, you know, make some serious runs here against um, some pretty inexperienced players. I mean, you know, as you both know, I've been sort of a big advocate of Matt Parkinson, but compared to Adil Rashid, who's got however many, you know, however many ODI and T20I caps, Parkinson is a bit of a rookie, and I'm sure they'll be looking to sort of intimidate him and take him down. Ditto a lot of the seamers who, uh, you know, for all the, for all, however they impressive they've been in Lions camps or bubbles or in T20 leagues, a lot of these guys haven't played a lot of international cricket, so. Um, the opportunity to sort of impose themselves, I could very much see them, you know, turning England over in Cardiff um, and and setting the tone for um, a, a quite dominant series. I think, um, you know, maybe for for the T Twenty I squad, they they might be hoping a couple of England's big guns come back so that they're really tested, at, sort of in a World Cup year, because that series doesn't have the same points at stake or anything riding on on the result in the way that the ODIs do, but. Yeah, given they they could take a sort of serious step forward to Super League, uh, well, to yeah, confirming themselves in the top eight of the Super League and getting into that World Cup, and you know maybe even have England looking over their shoulder a little bit because England don't have that many games left after this series in the Super League, and um, you know if they if they're in a position where they you know they have to go to Rotterdam and get something, then <laughs> it might get a little bit sketchy. <laughs> They'll be uh, uh, increasingly um, keen to. Reschedule that series in South Africa, perhaps. <laughs> um, well, so uh, the Sri Lanka series uh, ended ended five nil across the white ball formats. That was um, fairly indicative of the gap between the sides. Uh, the third T Twenty I, which we'll, we'll just we'll just reflect back on, uh, uh, did see England asked to put on a score. Um, uh, we we wanted them to to to. Uh, to Bat first out of their own volition, but on on this occasion, Sri Lanka won the toss at the Aegeus Bowl. Um, Matt, we should probably talk about the player of the match, shouldn't we? Uh, <laughs> David Milan sticking it to the haters. Yeah, David Milan, you know, death taxes and David Milan proving me wrong with it. <laughs> by the the final, it's always the final match of a series, you know. Just as I'm I'm getting that knife nice and sharp, he then comes back <laughs> at me and. Um, you know, hits another match-winning score and says that his critics motivate him and all that sort of thing. So I expect he probably wants me to keep talking about him as much as possible heading into that T20 World Cup before he, you know, <laughs> starts slow and accelerates his way to 100 or 50 and wins England the final. Um, but yeah, he played really well. I, I think I, I, I wrote in my piece. I was um, I, I was pretty impressed with how he did against Hasaranga because none of England's batters really got after Hasaranga during that T20 International Series. Um, and Milan really took him took him down at the um, at the Aegeus. I think he got thirty four off ten. I think against Hasaranga in that sort of head to head matchup, uh, and basically you know was uh, decided that the leg spinner turning turning a stock ball into into his hitting arc was um, a good matchup for him. Decided to take it on, kept on clearing the man on the rope, and 
that's basically exactly what England need from Milan. Uh, and if he keeps doing that, then he's you know nailed on to um, to start the T Twenty World Cup. I, th- I think we're heading towards the point where he probably is, barring a, a really terrible run of form uh, in on those tours to Pakistan and Bangladesh straight beforehand. I think you know if he really struggles against spin, uh, as you know he, he didn't play spin particularly well in India. I didn't think um, in that series. If he if he has a similar sort of run leading into the World Cup, then maybe you know it's up for grabs again. But uh, as it stands, I can't really see how he wouldn't make the squad and unless he goes through a really terrible run I can't see how he doesn't get in the team um, I think you know I think he's he's basically got to the point where uh, he, he's made so many runs and for England and even if he doesn't do it at club level the fact that he keeps doing it in international cricket suggests that he's he's you know uh, that England are going to keep backing him and you know fair play to them yeah, Rollo talk now. Um, yeah. That's the, the sign <laughs> in his back pocket. Uh, Pro- probably did say, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, one, the one, one, thing I, one thing I'd add to that was, was looking at Owen Morgan's body language when he was asked about Milan in the post, post-match. And now bear in mind, this is a guy who, who, who gave him an absolute frying for not running, a, running, a, running an extra off the final ball of, the, uh, of that match at New Zealand when he got 100. Um, you know, his, his, his reaction to the question about Milan was... was wide-eyed and welcoming in in tone I felt it was uh, absolutely he's an amazing vein of form of course he's our number one pick we're no doubt about him I mean it, it didn't, didn't sound disingenuous in the way that you know you do get a sense with Morgan that he's never entirely rated Milan I I also now get a sense that Milan has proved a point to him with with his with his utter willful run scoring frankly I mean refusal to bow to any any sense that he's losing form and just getting out there and, and, and boshing it still um, you cannot help but respect that as an England captain or England World Cup winning captain who wants to win another World Cup um, why wouldn't you want to pump his tyres up and ensure that he go into the World Cup with confidence and that that I sense I, I, I don't know I sense a change in, in, in um, attitude from the skipper where Milan's concerned fundamentally and and that ultimately you sense will 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 inform everything else that happens. Good on David. We've we've always been fans. Um, just a, <laughs> just a couple a couple more bits to uh, to round up. I think before we're done, um, the Sri Lanka series might have been a, a bit of a wet weekend in in more than one respect. But England's women uh, have been involved in a much more competitive series uh, against India. Heather Knight's team hold a six four lead in the multi format series, having taken the ODIs two one. The first match was a bit of a walkover. Uh, Miller uh, England winning by eight wickets with 15 out to spare but India narrowed the gap at Taunton and, and won at Worcester to keep things interesting going into the T20s. Yeah I mean that that's an absolutely massive win I mean bear in mind that, that India got out of jail in the test match and you know in fine style as it happens but they were made to follow on they look they look nailed on for losing a 4-0 series lead instead of getting it to 2-2 and likewise after those first two matches of this series it looked like six a 6-0 so eight two lead going into the the T20s, and now that's been cut to cut to two point gap. So you know it's literally all to play for. It, it, you couldn't you couldn't set it up better. I thought it was a very very compelling uh, final match. I thought England looked significantly uh, stronger in the first two games, but Natali Raj, another 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 player who who who, who likes to hit back at the haters, uh, <laughs> she she produced a, produced an innings that was you know perfection in her in its anchoring and just guiding him over the line um it was it was a it was a it was a masterful uh double-fingered salute to to everyone who criticized her the strike rate frankly and uh <laughs> and and the series is all the spicier for her comments afterwards so uh um yeah it's fantastic i i i thought there have been some very compelling performances all around i'm delighted for kate cross um i've, I've always always liked what she offers as, as you know line and length hit, hit and seam nagging away i've, I've always li- like a bit of that <laughs> as you as you well know and um and she got her awards fraser-esque fraser-esque well you know i wasn't gonna say it but exactly that and Fra- likewise gus used to used to used to do the hard yards for everyone else and then occasionally swoop in with a with, with a with a fifer and um and and yeah she she had her day out so to speak uh, and that was delightful to see. So um, yeah, I, um, I'm um, I'm looking forward to the T20s. I think I think it's uh, it's it set up set up perfectly uh, in a way that you know obviously the Sri Lanka series needed a bit 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 of jeopardy to to keep things lively. That 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 Worcester match has has really put the catamounts of pigeons. England should by rights 
you know, given the dominance that they have had at different points in the series, be running away with it by now. But the fact they aren't um, will crank up the pressure. Yeah, and they they arguably look the better side throughout. But uh, this the T twenty format will bring them closer together again. You'd think, um, Matt, you've you've um, uh, you've spoken to Sophia Sophia Dunkley. Um, a word on her efforts. Uh, in, in breaking into the closed shop of uh, of England's um, batting, she, she she scored that um, fifty on debut in, in the Test team, and uh, and then pretty much uh, uh, fulfilled the the feat again. Or yeah, I think it wasn't actually a debut because she didn't bat in that game the um, first time. But yeah, another important innings. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I spoke to her at the start of the New Zealand tour um, that England went on over the winter and. I was sort of digging through at the time and, and thinking to myself, you know, England really haven't had a debutante batter for the best part of seven or eight years. So the fact that she's managed to not only sort of convert herself from, you know, I think she was in, initially picked in that T20 World Cup squad in 2018 as sort of leg spinning all rounder, really, um, probably more of a bowler than a batter, just sort of a, a, adding some depth to the to the batting lineup, um, but ne- not really called upon much. I think she got got. Um, one sort of half decent innings in that tournament, but sort of back to the, the domestic grind in the years since. Um, but yeah, she, she's played extremely well in terms of um, as much as anything, I, I think the composure, um, because I think it would be extremely easy for her to have been, um, you know, I don't want to say overawed, but, um, it, you know, th- th- there's a certain, uh, there's a certain stage, isn't there? You know, your first, first, innings in both those formats um, to, to come in in actually quite perilous situations in both of them where England were just threatening to wobble, especially as a middle order batter. Um, you know, that's where that's where you make your money if you can come in in those sort of situations and um, keep your keep your calm, keep your composure and uh, go on and make match winning match winning scores or match winning contributions. And she's managed to do that so far. So I, I expect she'll um, keep her place at number six that she earned in New Zealand for this T20 series coming up, probably edge um, Fran Wilson out. Um, and yeah, I think um, it looks like a, a really, um, it looks like she, she's probably going to be the person that ends the um, long period of time where we've seen exactly the same core of batters in the England team, pretty much since Charlotte Edwards retired. Um, we've seen the same group and now we suddenly have this new exciting addition to it. And yeah, um, it, it, I think it's, yeah, it's good news for, England in the in the medium term. Yeah, I particularly enjoyed that partnership with with Catherine Brunt as well because I mean, it, it, as you say, there was there was jeopardy. There were there was, there was it was it was a stiff chase and and also I sense that both of them. I mean, Brunty loves loves to give it a bosh as well. And I, that that when Poonam Yadav comes on and, and tossing up <laughs> 30, 30 mile an hour moon balls essentially every every single ball. I mean, you, you can see both of them basically just just their eyes lighting up. I want to smash this. And they managed not to. They managed, they managed to, to play with themselves and and just just keep their keep their collective composures. I mean, the, you know, the, the the senior the senior Tonker and the junior Tonker both both produced outstanding, measured, responsible innings, and it was it was it was it was great fun to watch. Uh, well, the uh, the format uh, coming up uh, absolutely demands uh, smashing it at every opportunity. The T Twenty Eyes starting on uh, Friday. England announced their squad earlier today. Danny Wyatt's return being the sort of headline uh, there. Um, and j- well, just uh, the last knockings really. We've touched on it, um, uh, Miller. But James Anderson cracked a smile in public yesterday um, after after passing that that magic thousand wicket mark in first class cricket. You jumped on the Lanks live stream to record history. Uh, this was vintage, vintage Jimmy from the looks of it. It was it was outstanding. It was one of, one of those ones we, we 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 like to do this from time to time in Champo cricket. When 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 something something starts to happen, whether it be it Darren Stevens scoring a stupid one ninety or or Jimmy closing on hit on history, we just yeah, well watch a bit of live stream and do a bit of ninja pop up ball by ball, and, and I'm bloody glad I did. I mean, what it, seven for ten in seven for seven seven for nine in nineteen in ten overs, and and that you know it was even better until Stevens took him to the cleaners in his final over. Um, but absolutely outstanding. I mean, the, the most the most telling part of it was the first three of those wickets, three for none in, in, in the first three overs. Every single one of them was exactly the same ball. And it was a, it was a classic Jimmy. It wasn't swinging so much as seeming, which again, I, I, as, I, as I was saying to Alan earlier, it, this is a, I think this could be a very significant factor for the India series because from watching the Aegeus Bowl um, uh, World, T- World Test Championship final, 
India are incredibly good at playing the swinging ball, as in, you know, the ball that, that, that bends through the air, they watch it all the way, they open their stance, they start start driving through through extra cover rather than in the V. And, you know, Sharma in particular, I thought, played that that shot particularly well. The thing that really found them out was was seam, the ball hitting the deck, gripping the deck and moving sharply. And that's that I think, you know, I wonder if Jimmy was watching Carl Jameson in action and, and realizing that, you know, just, just hitting that seam is, you know, it's not something he needs to learn how to, but it, it, every single ball was pitching on off, straightening half a bat's width, snicked through to the cordon. Um obviously he brought out the in swinger later on as as he classically did and got one strangled down the leg side as well. So had the had had the full repertoire. But uh, those first three in particular were were vintage and um incredibly good omen for England's prospects going in, into the India series and um which I think could 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 yet be a classic or a COVID and, and bubbles and, and chaos permitting. Um you, you know, there there's clearly life in the old dog yet, put it that way. Um, and he, he could be joined for that series um, by uh, by Ollie Robinson, who is who is now available again uh, after the uh, the conclusion of that investigation. Um, obviously, a month ago that when um, he made his test debut, and that all blew up the, the Twitter um, uh, historical tweets um, issue. Uh, Matt, he was given a, an eight match ban with five suspended in the end. Uh, he's effectively served his time. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it's probably not really for me to say whether or not it's an out punishment. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I was a little bit surprised that he is free to play in the first test of the India series. I thought he might have been banned for two tests rather than one. But, um, you know, when the news came out, I think the general reaction was that uh, it seemed like, you know, a lot of thought had gone into the process. And I think the general consensus was that it was probably about the right length of ban for um, someone who's been, you know, very contrite publicly. And, um, you know, I think most people's uh, most people got to the stage of thinking, well, yeah, we probably do believe him when he says he's changed a lot as a as a bloke since um, those fairly, fairly abhorrent tweets um, from when he was in his late teens, early 20s. But, um, yeah, I think... Uh, I don't have too much to add. Yeah, I think you know, as a as a straight white middle class bloke myself, it's probably not for me to judge whether uh, whether or not it's the it's the right sentence. But um, yeah, I, I hope uh, I hope people feel as though justice has been done. Uh, indeed, and good luck to whoever at the ECB now has to go and check eighteen new uh, Twitter feeds uh, <laughs> ahead of the start of the Pakistan series. Um, okay, I think we've uh, we've managed to salvage this one, um, though sadly we didn't get to touch on what Gareth Southgate thinks of the World Cup Super League standings. Um, England will play Pakistan next in ODI and T20I series, and then we'll be staring down the barrel of the hundred just days after the government's planned lifting of COVID restrictions. What could possibly go wrong? Anyway, my thanks to Miller and Matt, and to you all for tuning in. This has been the Switch It podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com. Listener.